Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download the Zion Clear Lake app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. Welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I'm Jaden. I'm Kate. We had this like panicked look to like who's going to talk first. It's not like you don't know what's coming. I know, but but we didn't know who's going to go next. Yeah, we need to go clockwise, so it should have been That's how you did it the first time, so that's why I thought it was on you. I'm blaming Kate. It was Blame blame Kate Day is today because Thursday mornings are Blame Kate. (gasps) Ooh. Be good. Blame Kate Day. Most songs, like, if you look back at them, are, like, name, like, 20 songs that have, like, a woman's name in the title, and you could do it easily. All I can think of is... What? Like, they did this. Uh, There was a show that did it. They're, like, name 20 songs that have... uh, Jolene. Yeah. But you could keep going. Lola. Hey, Jude. Jude's not a woman's name. That's a son. That was a boy. But women can be named Jude. I've never met a woman named Jude. St. Jude? That's... So Catholic of me to say. But St. Jude doesn't mean it's a woman. You're assuming all saints are women. I'm saying the name Jude is. But Jude is not. I've never met a woman named. It is a unisex named, name. It is not. A, have you ever met a woman named Jude? No. I have absolutely met women named Jude. Really? Give that me, is a give very me a last Gen name. Z. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's not. <laughs> give me a last name. Prove it. What? You can't, can you? Ha, I win. Our lead pastor, everyone. No, so competitive. And to anyone named Jude watching, if you know, a, female, if you know a woman named Jude, please Tag send them. it. Validate me. And validate Jaden. He needs to be validated. Like parking. <laughs> validate the Cut all of that. No, that's the beautiful part. All right, so we are on week four. Can you believe October's almost done? Wow. All I know is that like we had 30 degrees and 20 degrees weather and then this weekend it's supposed to be like 70. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely beautiful. Welcome to Iowa. It's yeah. the seasons. I'm I'm super excited for it. I'm also we have a worship director candidate coming out. Yeah. And I'm really hoping it's nice while he's here. Yeah. <laughs> Tis the season though. I mean, it's just the way weather goes. When winter, winter comes every year and somehow we're always shocked. Know. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. Uh, so, okay, so we're in this series that we've been talking about the Apostles' Creed, and we've talked about the importance of belief. We've talked about creeds. We've talked about the Father, Jesus, and this week we. It's so funny. I was thinking about this even in the message, and I think I talked about it in the message. Is like the Father gets like a sentence, like we believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth and yeah. jesus gets he this. gets some like quantifiers in there of like oh cool that's like so descriptive of the father like, yeah like, so descriptive and yeah. then jesus we get like a whole thing on jesus Monologue. and then it's and we believe in the holy spirit <laughs> period and we're still questioning that it's okay. <laughs> um so i was okay so so far out of this we've done the music side mm-hmm. okay so what's What's been we we've did we did fix you last week. Mm-hmm. We talked about the song the song fix you and how 
so much of our culture believes it's our responsibility to fix the world and to fix people. And yet we can't do that. And be the fixer. You know, that's such a, we see such an increase of codependency in, in American culture. And one, I think being able to name it is something that we've never had in previous ages. Yeah. You know, like what a what a blessing that is. But the, the idea of being codependent is being uncomfortable with other people's pain. Yeah. Is I, what that drives. I have to fix that. Yeah, I have to fix that. And there's like a codependency epidemic across America. That, wow. That what? was just a big statement. I would totally stand by no, that. No, 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 no. I don't, mean, big in the, I don't oh. mean a big in the sense that like a bold statement. I oh. mean, just like how packed that statement is. Well, it is. And that, that that's that cultural creed of like, oh, I'll fix you. Yeah. Mm. And it also comes from like, to me, it's like you want to fix someone else's problem because it makes you uncomfortable. Well, right. that's the thing. Like, so we're uncomfortable with uncomfortableness. That's right. And it, it's, it's. We don't want to look at ourselves, so yeah. we repress that or set that aside. And let me just fit, focus on you and fix you. You're the one that's struggling with things. I'm okay. I've yeah. got this. <laughs> or, or, and I think I, I agree with that. And um, what is it in improv? You're never supposed to say it's always and. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and instead of but or but, no. Yeah, I think I think and on top of that is. If you're not okay, you're affecting my okay. So therefore, yeah. I need to fix your okay because otherwise, mm. I'm not okay. I know. And I think this is okay. So when we selfish talk. Selfish codependency? Selfish. Absolutely. Well, isn't. I mean, it is. is all, I mean, codep- codep- all codependency is. is selfish at its root. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, and this is interesting that you brought that up because, again, I didn't I didn't know we were going to no, go sorry, here. Sorry. I just totally ran No, no. This is <laughs> no, good, though, because, okay, so the picture we have of God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're not codependent. No. They're interdependent. Perfect yeah. harmony. And in perfect harmony. And the Holy Spirit you know, it's not like the the son is sitting there. Oh, I hope the father approves of me. He already knows right. he has the father's yes. approval. Yeah. The spirit yeah. is not this worried. Is my son. Yeah, well, and, and even in the spirit. So, I alluded to it on Sunday. There was a whole debate about where does the Holy Spirit come from, and it actually led to a schism in the church, yeah. in the Catholic Church. And this the the struggle was was where does the Holy Spirit fit into all of this? Yeah. Uh, if is the son okay? So you have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Does the, and what they came to is that the Holy Spirit proceeds both from the Father and the Son. That the Holy Spirit, and I, this goes back to the codependency, the Holy Spirit as a person, not as an entity that floats around, a non-corporeal being, that's another big word. That's a good one. Um, but rather that the Holy Spirit loves its position in the Trinity. Yeah. And delights and understands its role, his role. Yeah. And that's the thing the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is a he, and again, not as a gender. But as a choice of a pronoun, so to speak. So his name would be Jude if it if yeah, it was no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, you dude, you just ruined the trap. Elsa. Thought, let Jude. it go. Let <laughs> it go. Elsa, let it go. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but uh, this goes back to the codependency. Okay. So in the in the scriptures, what we find is that the the Trinity is in perfect relationship. There's perfect security. Mm. The Holy Spirit is subordinate to Jesus and the Father. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Okay. Now this is, it, I love that you brought this up because where it brings us to is this, uh, we could have done an entire message. I can do an entire series on who the Holy Spirit is and maybe Amen. we will at some point. Right. But the bigger picture we get of the Holy Spirit is how the Holy Spirit's power is demonstrated in right. the world, which then brings us to the creed, which is through the church. Right. And uh, let's think about this for a second. I wonder how much part of the reason why we have so much struggle in the church goes back to this codependency piece right. is 
are we really okay with submitting ourselves to one another? Oh, yeah. To being part of a community? Do we find our identity not in my gifts or what I bring, but that I'm part of a family? And we talked a lot at length in the sermon read through about how church is a relational aspect of our faith. That church, the community, but also being able to attend in community is relational. And often we see if you're struggling with church or have these, you know, codependency issues maybe with the church is you're probably viewing it as a product, something that can be perfectly manufactured just for you, or maybe not to that extreme. Maybe you do come in with some, you know, preconceived uh, notions or things that you want to receive from the church or that you want to, um, these expectations that you set on the church or your community. And ultimately because it's relational and we're not perfect, It's going to fail, and we we try to model it well from the perfect relationship of uh, Jesus and the Father, and we see that, but we don't get to be at that. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I think when we look at that as well, Paul talks about this in Corinthians and Romans and Ephesians, is that sometimes we get into this comparison mode, mm-hmm. and we forget that we're all part of the body of Christ, and Paul's imagery in, in Corinthians and in Romans is that every part of the body is necessary. Amen. And if the finger is looking and going, oh, but if only I was a hand yeah. or if only I was the arm yeah. or and and what we're what happens. And I, I've seen this in my own life. I can only talk for myself. Is there been seasons in my life where I somehow I'm not excited to be a part of the body of Christ because I don't feel like I play a big enough role. Mm. And how often do we see that or people who don't don't assume they're necessary because they don't play a big role. Oh, and I, Kate, I think about kids ministry or I think about worship, mm-hmm. like it's easy to see people and go, oh, someone on the worship team, they're, they're playing an obvious role. Right. And that's, I was talking to my husband, John, who's also on staff. And I was just kind of, you know, we all get in those seasons where you're like, oh, self-doubt and things like that. And I was talking about how kids men sometimes feels like, I don't know, the term like basement ministry or overlooked. And he was like, well, you know, is it because you feel like they're, you're not getting enough glory? Yeah. Because, you know, when you think of glory immediately, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't need glory. Like, glory is for God. <laughs> and you're like, too much. Oh, right. Totally. But you were talking about that. Of like, when you don't feel needed, when you don't feel yeah. useful, when you feel like you're not getting that appreciation, acknowledgement, you know, that glory. And it's like, oh, wow. It totally shifted my mindset of like, oh, no, I'm definitely not overlooked. My father in heaven definitely yeah. sees these, you know, ain't no Holy Spirit junior. <laughs> well, in, in, in fact, I think you can make a bigger argument is, is that it's very clearly that if you get a reward on earth, mm-hmm. if you get praise, that's your reward. You've received it in full. You've received it in full is the language that's used. And mm-hmm. and I think about, you know, the, I think the danger of upfront gifts, and I had to work through this in my own insecurity is the reason why some people want the upfront gifts is because they want the adulation, they want the praise, Mm -hmm. but it's because ultimately they found their identity in the praise of man, not the praise of God. And here's what I found in my life. Um, And I'm so grateful I had a pastor who called it out on me early on. The less that I seek man's glory, it seems like the more God puts opportunities in front of me to do, to exercise my gifts in the way that he's called me to. Yeah. And there were seasons in my life where I was clearly trying to, I was trying to find identity. Yeah. And something I did and, and, and God just would kept on closing the doors. And in my early twenties, my pastor, who was one of my mentors called me out on that. 
Yeah. And he was like, Jason, I, you're you're doing this for the wrong reason. And I'm so glad he brought that out. And, and I, you know, I think, you know, I think about kids ministry and, you know, you have those upfront gifts that people obviously speak, those who preach or teach, mm-hmm. um, those who are on the worship team, maybe, you know, even though no one sees the drummer now that we especially have the cage. Well, no, it's just to keep drummers humble. Yeah. That's all. We don't right. want people to see who the drummer is. That's <laughs> we love you, Don Paddleteen, and Brett Shoneman. But what do we find in the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. And if we look at the Holy Spirit, because the Trinity is the first part of the creed. Why is the Father first and the Son second and the Holy Spirit third? Even the placement of that language matters because the Father sent the Son. And the Father and the Son sent the Spirit, and yet all faith is the result of the Holy Spirit working in us. The empowerment that we have now doesn't actually come from Jesus, which is where our language gets screwy because we say things like, you know, we'll we'll pray, Jesus, give me strength. It's not Jesus who gives us strength. It's the Holy Spirit. We always teach kids. It's so hard to understand, and I'm probably even off base even doing this. Like, it takes so much. But to try to put it in simpler terms for kids of, like, when we pray, we say, To the Father God, like Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we go in that same order. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helps us wrap our heads around of like, you don't even think about it. It's like indoctrination of what kind of roles they play. Yeah. Well, so when we look at in the church, the role of the Holy Spirit, why is it that in the creed, the Holy Spirit only gets, it seems like one sentence. But in reality, everything that proceeds next after the Holy Spirit is the direct impact that the Holy Spirit moves on. Amen. Sure. The only thing that's not is the return of Jesus, but we know that Jesus' resurrection, it's the Holy Spirit who resurrected Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even Jesus who resurrected himself. But when it talks about the communion of saints, the, the Holy Catholic Church, and I love the fact that the Catholic is not capitalized, the church is, because Catholic, you have the brand Catholic, Roman Catholic, um, and then you have what God considers Catholic, which is the universal church, the whole church. But then he talks about the forgiveness of sins and how do we experience becoming more like Jesus? Yes, Jesus forgives our sins, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit that helps us become more like Jesus called sanctification. All right. So a fun conversation in this, as we look at that, how do we, as the church, what's the reflection of the Holy Spirit? How do we show that the Holy Spirit is part of the church? Because that's where the message went, mm. is that we're so, we get so caught up in wanting to see the supernatural impact of the Holy Spirit. We want to see, you know, tongues. We want to see people raised from, you know, healing. We want to see people raised from the dead. And yet those are called miracles for a reason because they don't happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I actually think it goes back to that conversation we were having about like, that glory ministry, it's like those, the tongue stuff, that's up front. That's that worship, you know, like the, the miracles that's up front. That's big. That's up there. But the, I think the evidence that the spirit's been moving in a church is the, well, I mean, just the fruit of the spirit, which maybe aren't as celebrated as those huge moments, those big seeker, like, oh my gosh, I saw something crazy moments, but you're still seeing a church go out into their community and serve hot lunches or, or help in different ways. Like that's, the spirit moving that church out into the community. But, but what's more like, I don't know, like what would you put on a t-shirt? Like I spoke in tongues or I went to a soup lunch. (laughs) Well, and and I think that's what we're we're coming into is when we look at the Holy spirit and and I, I really did. I wrestled with what I was going to do on this message because we could, we, we talked about what does it mean that the father 
uh, Almighty Father. We talked about the Father's love and how that and what that causes should cause in us is that we want to be like our Father. We talked about that Jesus became flesh out of love to enter into our suffering and that Jesus experienced full humanity while still being fully God. And yet the Holy Spirit, if the only focus is on the supernatural, I think the real supernatural act of the Holy Spirit is found at the end of Acts chapter 2, which is what we talked about. Amen. It's what happens when a community loves like the Holy Spirit. You guys, when I was thinking about the reflection of the Holy Spirit, and this is recorded, pre-recorded on a Thursday. So last night, Z Kids Ministry, Wednesday Night Ministry is still fresh on my mind. So I'm sorry that I'm like a one-trick pony right now. But... You asked me, how did it go last night? And I said, oh, it was almost overwhelmingly wonderful. And here's the thing. When I saw, I felt the Holy Spirit moving last night in children's ministry. And it was in the most ridiculous ways, you guys. It was, you know, if you think of the love that a child has for their family. And, you know, we have we have kids and families that are hurting in our church. Yeah. And being able to be there and come alongside them in that. The way that a kid loves their friends. And the way that a leader loves a child and the way that I love these leaders, you guys, we have the best Z kids leaders in the entire world. They are just ridiculous and fun and down for anything. And we played a a goofy game where it was find the leader. And these kids had to like chase after the best thing about Z kids, which is our leaders. And when they found them, just like the joy that the leaders had and the joy that the kids had. And okay. Was that like, did we have scripture? Did we have you know, memory verse and like memorization or things like that, or the Bible story in that part. But I truly believe the Holy Spirit was with us because we were loving one another, yeah. laughing with one another, being with one another. Um, well, yeah. what's the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit uh, of the Spirit love, is joy, love, peace. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, <laughs> gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And, self-control. And, and yet what do we tend to think of the role of the Holy Spirit is it's, well, we got to see supernatural things. And, and I want to be clear. I believe in the Holy Spirit's power. I believe in the gift of tongues. I believe we see it scripturally. I believe that prayer language, I believe that God, I've seen healing. I know God does those things. But why are we seeking those things? Because we think that that's what's really going to prove to people that Jesus exists. And yet that's not what Jesus says. Amen. That the the ultimate evidence of the Holy Spirit in a community, What and and, okay, so here's a little bit of uh, understanding culturally context. A big part of the Roman Empire was about pride and bragging, and humility was not a virtue. Even how you dressed distinguished where you were in life. It was all about demonstrating. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you have this community where rich are associating with poor, Mm -hmm. which was unheard of. You didn't do that unless you needed something or they were your slaves. Um, Now we have this picture as a community who is, regardless of whether you're Jew or Greek or rich or poor, Male, female. Male, female. That we have this unity that is through the spirit. The bond of peace is what Paul refers to it as. Through Mm. the spirit. The unity, the bond of peace in the Holy Spirit. And what's the one thing that you see Paul over and over again fighting for is unity in the spirit. Yeah. And what's the picture we find in Acts chapter 2 at the end? We think that the, the real evidence of the Holy Spirit was the gift of tongues. But just read a few more verses past that story. Yes, people came to Christ. Salvation happened. And then the church, we see the first picture of yeah. a united church. And the the rest of the book of Acts is all about how the Holy Spirit is moving in and through the church. And I wonder if part of the reason why we get this so screwed up is because we don't realize what an impact Holy Spirit empowered love, generosity, mm. unity 
how, how appealing that is. Non-Christians come in and when they see a church on fire and in love with Jesus and with each other and caring for each other, it, it is like, I, you know, I kind of picture, do you guys remember the old cartoons where you'd see the, the aroma? Yeah. Uh, and you, the person would float and all of a sudden, like the, the guy, you know, all of a sudden, Tom or Jerry, their legs would, they'd float off the ground and they'd start floating to the aroma because they smell it. That's the aroma of Christ. The aroma of Christ in our lives is appealing for people that are hungry for something more. Yeah. And we get facsimiles of that. We get a, a glimpse of that in the world where why is it that sometimes the most loving, compassionate, united people are those who want nothing to do with Jesus? Mm. And if that's appealing, how much more than when the Holy Spirit is working through it? Right. We should be leading the way in love. We yeah. should be modeling that the best in the world. Yeah. So now, Jaden, I just, just came to mind. I remember you first came to Zion because of a theater company that was taking place here. That's kind of what got you connected. And and I think about all the people that were coming from Waldorf and, and checking out. And, you know, I remember early on. There was something about the these young men and women, college-age students that were coming to be a part of something, a yeah. musical at this point. And, and here's the thing. There's something appealing about being united in something and having a purpose. Oh, amen. Right? And, and I, I think about Powerhouse Theater and what we saw there. And, and there was, there were people that were willing to come because they were united around the joy of music, the beauty of production. I'm not going to say it was always for the right reasons. There were probably some people who wanted to do it. So they were hoping that, you know, maybe I'll get discovered. I don't know. Um, but that's no different than what we see, the unity that happens in a football team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time we saw a picture of a church united? Mm. Like, are we, do we really have a compelling Christianity that people who walk through our doors sees a church that's united and excited for a purpose? And, and Jane, that's how you got connected at Zion, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anything about Zion until that. And, and that wasn't even about a church. That was just, that was an expression of unity that opened the doors mm. I, one of the things that Jennifer Colby, our adult ministries director, who's normally on the podcast, but wasn't, isn't here today, you know, we're trying to launch these missional communities. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody ask, is it okay to invite a non-Christian to a missional community? Yeah. Yes. Because what we're trying to show them is they can be a part of something. And there is, there's an appeal yeah. to that, that people are longing for that. That can I, Does that make sense? Am I making any sense? Yeah, totally. I'm on a diet right now. I talked about this before. <laughs> I'm on a diet right now. I'm on, I'm on the, I'm on the cal caloric deficit side of it. So my head, like I have a lot of energy, but it's like nervous energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can keep, can keep going down this rabbit trail and we connect of like this idea of, we do have a longing to connect in all these different ways that we're unified. What's another thing that unifies us? Music. Yeah. Or or language too. Right. What was the first thing that the Holy Spirit did on Pentecost was unite them in language so they can right. speak to each other. A common language. Well, and, and going back to the, the music for the, <laughs> the point of the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, and during sermon read through, it's so funny. Kate goes, Jason, is it possible you could pick songs that don't just relate to the show your age? Essentially is what I she know, said. Yeah. And then she starts listening. They're all songs that are like, what about true colors and the Beatles? I'm like, you're not proving your point okay, right now, Kate. But like, I like those songs. <laughs> <laughs> so really what it was, you just don't like my preference. But yeah. I was thinking about, okay, so Paul does this picture in Ephesians, Ephesians where he says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And then he talks about singing songs. And you may not realize it, but the picture that Paul is painting is the picture that we see all the times in pubs and bars across the world. People are drinking and they're merry and they're singing together. I I, I started watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham. Have you guys, do you know that? What that? No okay, so Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney, who are both movie stars, actors, they bought a Welsh football team. It's like soccer football. We don't, not American football, but like world football. So they bought this struggling football team and this whole series, it's got bad language. Just gonna, if you're offended by that, don't watch it. But in it, uh, here's the, the crazy part. You have people who are united around football, an entire community in Wrexham, Wales. And they, there are people who literally, their, their mood is ruined if the, if the club, the football club loses. Mm. But they have this picture. There's a bar where everybody comes together to watch the game. Yeah. And they sing. There's an anthem in the in the show that someone wrote an anthem about uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney buying the club. And it's taken over this city in Wales. That's the picture that Paul is painting. And this isn't new. This isn't something that just started in the last hundred years. Throughout history, people come together in bars and singing has always been a part of it. Mm -hmm. They drink, they get married and they sing songs. Yeah. And Paul is saying, why do you need a bar to do that? Yeah. Why is it that you have to have alcohol to get you celebrated enough or loose enough that Be you can. Be filled with the spirit. And, and when the spirit, the evidence that the spirit does that is that now the spirit should enthrall us that we enjoy life together. Why do we need the Vikings to right. get us to. And that's what the world needs. We have something so much bigger and more powerful. First of all, it's the name of Jesus, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should so excite us and fill us. But the natural response is they should walk into a church and be like, man, this feels more like a bar. I love it. it like the day of Pentecost, too, or they get filled with the Holy Spirit and everybody's like, have you been Peter, drinking? are you drunk? He's yeah. like, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, could you imagine for a moment if someone walked into a church and went, this feels more like a bar than a church? That'd be crazy. That's actually the picture that Paul is painting. The picture that Paul is painting is that when you walk into a church, it should feel more like you're walking into a bar that's celebrating the victory of their home team. When most of the time people walk into a church and they go, are these people glad they're here? <laughs> Do they want to be here? And and so what would it look like if we were so empowered by the spirit that our, our church looked more like you walked into a sports bar? If I was seeking Jesus, if I was curious about Jesus and I walked into that, how much would that pique my interest? Like, wow, this is different. Yeah. And that's what the Holy Spirit, that's what this community looked like. That's what Acts chapter two, people walked in and they went, what, this doesn't make sense. I picture like a Friendsgiving. Every time they gathered together for church, it was like Friendsgiving. Like everyone just came together. They were sharing yes. their food and they were laughing. Their families were playing together and they just grew and learned and basked in the Holy Spirit. And that's supernatural. Yeah. Amen. And I think that's the point in this is that the creed, you know, one of the things that I'm, I've, my daughter and I've been talking about is we live in a world that always wants better answers. Mm. And I think the real thing is, is how do we ask better questions? Because it's one thing to say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's another thing to say, what does it look like when a church is moved by the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit in my life look like? Those are better it's questions. It's like improv or it's like, I believe in the Holy Spirit and, and not, no, not done. And and we can, we can get into the doctrines of those things, but doctrines are dry. And don't get me wrong. We need them. But last time I checked, I don't know anybody's like, yay, doctrines, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, that's great. It's what we do with our belief. Yeah. It's the questions that uh, come from what we believe that matter. 
when we think about the church and and I kind of want to I want to end with this what would it look like for Zion because we are a church what would it look like to what would we look like if we were that kind of church hmm. like paint a picture a vision if someone walked into the doors what would it look like if we were a church that was fully on fire for Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. What do you guys think? I think, okay. So I think of when you walk in and you see people standing and laughing and enjoying, but they're not closed circles. I've got these little half circles all over the lobby, ready and willing to accept someone else to come and join. And as soon as someone walks in the room, everybody turns and says, hey, hi, how are you? And they're laughing, they're smiling, they're together. Kids are jumping around. I mean, we already have a lobby like that often right after church. You know, kids get released and they're just like still all hopped up on the candy that I give them. Um, (laughs) But I also think like, okay, at the lobby, I think we do a really good job at that okay, can we bring that into the sanctuaries? Can we bring that into the worship center? Can we have the laughing and the the celebratory? The, the And I'm not trying to be like too charismatic. That's not, I'm saying like there's only one way to worship. I'm not saying that, but can even all of our moments together be actually together unifying and worshipful? So one of the things, and, and I don't know if my friend listens to this, but my friend Brett, his son, Adrian, this is actually one of my Favorite memories of Adrian. What a monkey. And and okay, so this is what I, I, I picture is one, there is an energy when you see kids running around and having fun. Amen. When you see people laughing. And I'm actually not bothered by children in service. You know, and I get it when, I when children wipe are, the sweat from my brow. <laughs> yeah. When children are screaming or disruption, like I get that. Sometimes we need to take our kids up. But kids being kids, this last Sunday it was so adorable. I was doing my welcome and this little kid goes, that's Pastor Jason. Like, (laughs) and it was really loud and I chuckled while I was thinking about Adrian. Okay. So this is Adrian is, I think he was four. This was last year, I think. And uh, they were sitting in the front row and Adrian doesn't just, he can't just walk. He literally stands on the seats and is like walking and doing somersaults on the chairs in the front row during the message. And I remember watching that and going, that just makes my heart so happy because there's a freedom in it. And then on the way back, he's like doing somersaults again and running. And, and I remember t- I was talking with uh, Brett and Holly, my, my friends about this. And, and I said, I love that. That's not a distraction to me that church is supposed to be a family. Yeah. And I think another side of that is, is that I love, and, and I, you know, we have two communities, one church and Oh, my stomach. Did you hear that? Yeah, that was really I loud. heard it in the house. <laughs> that was my stomach. <laughs> Pastor Jason is hungry. I'm hungry. Uh, but I think the picture that we get, and, and the Old Testament alludes to this in Joel, is that, you know, you have young men will dream dreams, old men Amen. will have vision, and mm. you'll see men and women prophesying. And, and Quite I think, a good scripture. Well, yeah, I love, I love the picture that the Bible paints of a communal family with children and parents and grandparents and and it should be a place that's fun. I uh, we've tried to create on Sunday mornings a place where you can have a human element. So I think about a couple of weeks ago I made a comment and one of our church members Lee Nagel from the stage cracked a joke and everybody laughed and I thought it was hilarious because that's 
this is not a show to come and watch me get up on stage and say something or to have worship. No, this is a- To consume, it's not a product. No, it's not a product. This is, I just happen to be the one that God has asked to, to preach and teach, but- yeah. This is about this is relational. It's relational. And how do we create that? And I think there's something that's so people are longing for that. I agree. And and that's why I picture like when children are in service or I think about it in our lobby when people are laughing and drinking coffee. All of those things, I think, paint to, you know, we want the Norman Rockwell picture of faith. And yet the reality is, is that churches are messy and. They're noisy and sometimes there are babies crying and sometimes you've got, you know, does that, is my mind making any sense right now? Yeah. Okay, good. So. so, okay. Last question. And Jaden, what, when you picture, what do you picture when you, when you think about a Holy Spirit empowered church, if, if we looked more, and I'm not saying that we don't have elements of that, but I want you to paint the picture that you see. What do you see? Uh, I could be off base, but uh, the word that kept popping into my mind was safety. Hmm. Um, safety to have that human element, yeah. not just in the excitement and in the celebration, which is absolutely the place to do it, but also in the times where um, you do have broken people walking in the door yeah, and you do have people who are seeking a community because maybe their past community hurt, or maybe they haven't had one in such a long time. And so um, to me, that's what, that's what a Holy Spirit love led church looks like is a place where people can feel safe that their kids can go feel safe that they can open up and hear God's word and feel safe that they can uh, be in community even bring their doubts or their questions I'm thinking of like alpha I'm thinking of CR one of my favorite things about CR is that I love being around people that are willing to face their brokenness yeah yeah I mean, when you show up to CR, you're willing to face your brokenness. Because I think we're all broken in some way. But when we gather together, I'm like, yup, here's my broken piece. I can't wait to fit next to yours. Yeah. You know. Well, and I I love that because if we can, okay, I think about the show Cheers, which was really popular when I was younger. My dad loves that show. I loved Cheers growing up. And and you had that, you know, what's the theme song where Where everybody knows knows your name? And they're always glad you came, right? Yeah. And but I also love when you have it where someone would walk in and everybody go, no, yeah. right? and they all because they'd walk in and, and they were you were a regular. And one of the things that I often hear is people will stop going to church for a little bit. Yeah. And but because the, and they were only coming maybe once every six weeks, they stopped coming. Well, no one called me. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you were gone because you were barely there to begin with. Like when Norm doesn't show up at the bar, everybody knows because they see Norm every day. They see him every week. They have relationship. But but when you don't have relationship or if you hide and then you don't show up, you can't be upset with the church. Yeah, you got to lean in. Yeah, because and that's what people want is, well, no one noticed I was gone. Well, it's because you're barely there to begin with. But could you imagine if somebody who's a regular, you've got community and you don't show up. Now, at that point, if no one's calling you, that's a different conversation. And I think that's the, the that missional community groups. You know, it's hard for our lead pastor to know every single person that you can't that walks into the door every Sunday. You can't. But you bet that group, those five, six people that gather around you, they notice when you're gone. Well, and that's if I would say there was ever one thing that would point to why big churches are not always the healthiest. Is that you can't know. I can't. And my job as a pastor is to shepherd. But in in a flock this big, I can't know everybody. Yeah. Which is why we try to get people in smaller groups, missional communities to do those things. It's for that very reason. And, and 
I mean, I think they say the average person can have 120 connections and I think it's like 20 to 30 deep connections. And then of that, like real deep is like three to six or something like that. That means there's 40 kids last night. I didn't know their name. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking about that. Like yeah, people, the, crazy. the value of names matter. Oh, and the amen. only way you're going to experience that community is to be known and to be a part of it. Uh, I, I'm hopefully going to do this on Sunday, but you know, imagine somebody walking around in a football uniform. You make two assumptions, three assumptions. One, they probably belong to a football team, <laughs> but if they're just walking around, two, it's Halloween or some sort of party, or three, they might just be a little off, and that's okay, right? right? You know, <laughs> but you you make an assumption. Well, as Christians, we're supposed to we're supposed to look like Jesus. And it should be an assumption that we're, we belong to a church. If we look and act and love like Jesus, Amen. it shouldn't be because we're alone. It's because we're part of something bigger than us. Yeah. Well, hey, this is a little bit shorter episode and that's okay. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited. Next week we close out our series, dun, dun, dun. Rock of Ages. And uh, I, I'm not sure how Lean On Me is going to go this Sunday. My hope is... We want to kind of do this the bar thing. This is pre-recorded. Yeah, so we have no idea. So we're gonna just like we're gonna prophesy right now. It went really it's well. It's gonna be well, and everyone, we want to get people singing and have fun with it yeah. because, again, we're that's really the picture of that community. Paul paints as a community. It's like walking into a bar where everybody knows you, and and there are songs that unite us, and and that's what people are longing for. The lean on me part of mm -hmm. it is is we are looking for somebody that we can lean into. Well, that's community. That's yeah. the Holy Spirit. We need those things. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. I'm Jaden. I'm Kate. I hope you have an awesome day. Bye, Bob Goff. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion Clear Lake app. Share this podcast with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Breakthrough Breakdown.